It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Hello and good afternoon, grappling fans. Happy Friday to you all out there. I hope you're getting through the week all right. It's Chase and Michael back again with Who's Number One, fifth show of the week. It's been a wild week for us here in the studio. We hope you guys are staying safe at home and uh, at least somewhat entertained by what's going on. Today we have another special guest joining us, two special guests that is. We have Lachlan and Livia Giles calling all the way in from uh, Australia where they are currently quarantined and restricted to their homes. We also have our regular co-hosts, Bear from Showy Roll and Ricardo Amendolia on the call. Lachlan and Livia, how are things going, guys? How are you guys doing down there in quarantine? Yeah, I mean, it's, oh, it's, it, I don't know how long this is going to Well, we've we got 14 days, but what I'm worried about is we get out of this and then um, and then it happens again, again. <laughs> you know, for the nation. We got quarantined because anyone coming from an international, we came from New Zealand back to Australia, and that's why they, anyone coming from international has to now mandatory 14 days isolation. Um, so this is day six, I think. I don't even know. It might be five. Uh, yeah, no, it's so, day six. Really? Yeah. Six. The girls are counting for me. Yeah. Okay. But we got some meds delivered to home and plenty of food, so I don't know. We just. <laughs> What's funny is we went from a country that has less cases per capita back to Australia uh, and we have to be quarantined. We've we got more chance of catching it if we had just been here. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> you were just mentioning there before we went live. Um, you were actually in Italy, but right when this all started kind of becoming a, a global nightmare. What was going on there and, and what happened there? Well, so yeah, so we, um, we're doing a European seminar tour. Well, uh, it was, we were in Dubai and then um, Istanbul. Istanbul. And when we got to Istanbul, um, I don't know. I'd been reading like uh, I'd been reading this coronavirus stuff, and I I was kind of like I felt, I felt like I was being like a conspiracy theorist. I was like, this looks bad. Like, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but I was like, no one seems to care at all. So I was like, oh, I'm not going to really say anything. I mean, that's, we have um, a friend Kamal who's uh, yeah, that's, he, I he's think a that's partner in our absolute yeah. in Shanghai. So we've been getting <clears throat> updates from Shanghai from like early January, probably right. Yeah, his gym shut in. In, like got forcibly shut in January and I was like, oh, geez, this must... And then I saw all the mm. videos coming out of China and I was like, something doesn't look right about this. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, so then when we got to... I think when we were in Istanbul, like we saw some news thing saying um, that uh, Milan had like, you know, a bunch of people, you know, died in hospital in Milan from it or something. And I'm like, should we go to Milan? <laughs> yeah, I think I'm, I'm pretty sure, you know, and shout out to Milan and all, like they've been great with all these. They had to shut last minute, but we, we were sort of saying like, should we go? How's the situation looking? And they said, no, nah, it's not that bad. Come down and literally 
five hours later, we got a message saying, don't come, just cancel all the trips uh, to Milan, that is, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I suppose, that, I mean, obviously we're, we're pretty young. Our chance of having a serious um, side effect from it would be pretty low. But one of the worst things I think you could do would be run seminars yeah, around the world with like, you know, sometimes 80 people uh, in the event with, when you've got um, coronavirus and literally spread it around the world. So we, we were quite happy to, uh, <laughs> yeah. to avoid that particular seminar. Yeah, it was, it was crazy. It felt like it was chasing us. Like, um, so maybe we yeah, did spread it. <laughs> maybe we did have it. No, we didn't. I assume we did. Yeah, because, you know, we, we went um, – Italy, then Spain, then France, then then Austria, and I think all all those countries are now um, oh. in a bit of trouble. So, as is the rest of the world. So to to clear it up for people, uh, you guys like a lot of people in America are just like saying they're quarantined, but they're just really just staying home from work. You guys are officially like government ordered to stay in your house, correct? Yeah. So there's like a if if you break this quarantine, it's like a Twenty five thousand dollars fine. Yeah, or I something so. like that. I mean, yeah, what, you can't. Did, I, I hope I mean, there's no, there's there's no, there's, like, no uh, one's enforcing it. I don't think uh, there, there's <laughs> meant to be doing home visits. Like the the government's meant to come and make sure you're at home. But um, yeah, I doubt they'll do that. I think what's going to happen is like if someone is found to have been breaking it and they had it and they infected someone, they would get fined for for sure. But um, I mean, I, I don't know how they're enforcing that, but anyway. So when, yeah, when so you guys, when you guys arrived back, how did it work? Were they just like, all right, go home and don't leave your house or could, yeah. I, I was wondering how that worked with Yeah. It's, it's weird. Cause I don't really give you any advice. You're like, what? So do we walk home or what? We have to get on a bus. I mean, they know they do give us advice. Like they, they meet you as soon as you walk out of the plane and they give you, um, you know, papers and you have to sign that you understand that you're meant to be quarantined. But to get home, I think the advice was try to not catch public transport. And if you catch an Uber, you have to sit at the back. It's not great, especially <laughs> if you're infected and coming in. But I guess there's no other way of getting home. So, yeah. <laughs> All right. So what are you guys up to while you, if you haven't left the house for five or six days? Uh, what are you guys doing to pass the time while you're in there? Um, jujitsu and going crazy. Um, <laughs> yeah. Nah, um, yeah, I got uh, I got Red Red, Red Dead Redemption do, too, so I'm, I've started nice. playing that. Um, been doing. You know, I mean, to in train fairness, can, like also some... like our, our gym absolute, we shut it down last week. Uh, so we were, I, I, I don't know, I think the first club in in Australia or at least Victoria to shut down as a pre uh, preemptive measure because uh, we didn't w- want to put any of our members at risk or ourselves. So we've actually had a lot of work to do in like filming online content for our members and, and trying to devise strategies to keep our business afloat with our business partners. So that's been pretty, keeping us pretty busy. Mm. Um, and yeah, and apart from that, we've just been trying to drill and, and roll if you can call me a new rolling, it's more like Lockie sits on me and yeah. <laughs> it's, it's fun. Uh, I, haven't, but, I haven't lost yet. Yeah, he hasn't lost. <laughs> he lets me start in like you know, top of side control and then when he gets bored, he just like, okay, off you go. <laughs> uh, but it's been great. We've been working more heel hooks. That's probably the only thing we can do really well together. Um, what else have we been doing? Cooking. 
I haven't been cooking. No. You've been, you've been <laughs> eating. Yeah. I can't not a, not a terrible arrangement. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't make me toast. Once. <laughs> I made a toast. Yeah, with Vegemite on, Vegemite on toast. I don't know if you guys have tried that. But. No, I never had. I've only yeah, heard of the, the Down Under uh, song. Actually, that's all I, yeah. uh, How much mat space that. do you guys have over there? Uh, well, we, we vastly overestimated how much space we had. <laughs> we, we only got a. We just fit a uh, three by three meter mat uh, mat in. I don't know what that is in um, feet. No idea. What is it? Well, what, one what, three feet per meter. It's probably like nine feet by nine feet. Let me check. Ten by ten. Something like maybe. that. Yeah, it's about ten. About ten by ten. Yeah, it's it's pretty good size. Okay, yeah. That's uh, well, I mean, we had to remove our couch and, <laughs> and a bunch couch of and, and the non-essentials, you know. So now, like, we can lie on the mat and, and yeah. do work and train and whatever. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think house. that kind of uh, gets us up to speed there with, with the coronavirus situation. But obviously, you want to look back a little bit to some happier times. Uh, Lachlan, of course, you're known as the the people's champ, I think, widely called that, for your pretty insane absolute run there at ADCC. It's been several months now. Uh, I know you've done some interviews about it, but how do you what, – what, what kind of feelings do you get looking back at that, at that moment in your life and in, in your uh, competition career? Oh, I mean, it's uh, – I, I don't think the, how I – like looking back, how I feel about it, I don't think that's changed too much um i still feel it's like i don't know the amount of time i put into like being an, an elite um competitor you know going to worlds every year and um going to all these big tournaments and you know most most of the like large international tournaments um not being able to get like a, as good of a result as i'd like you know uh, i think um as i said uh 2017 nogi worlds i got, had bronze which I was happy with, but um, to to have a uh, a performance and a result like that, which I you know I think is a a once in a lifetime sort of sort of thing. <laughs> I don't think you see um, something like that happen too too often. So uh, for for that to happen to me at, at um, especially at this late in my career, um, I think um, was was just incredible. So yeah, I still I still don't believe that it happened, but it but it did. We uh, we had Craig on the show uh, on different show, but same same studio here at Fistful of Callers, and he was saying yeah, when he was watching the event live and he, that you have uh, submitted Kynan, that's when he already knew that you could maybe go all the way with it. Or yeah, because that's the, the over ninety nine champ right there, right? That, tap, so yeah, did you have that same feeling of confidence, like you you, you heel hook Kynan, you know, the, the guy who just took gold in over ninety nine, or was it just like a oh shit, I'm still going moment? <laughs> It was a bit like, oh shit, all right. <laughs> like it was, it was, kind of, it was a weird feeling. It was like I, I'd submitted Kanan and I was uh, obviously extremely happy. And then I was like, oh, all right, who's the next giant? Like, who am I going to have to find? Because <laughs> they're all. Um, but it was, I was at, that that next match. I was lucky because um, Gaudio was um, he was exhausted. Yeah, like they gave him enough time to recover to be able to 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 fight. But I, kn- I know I know from having been in that. Um, state before myself like if you're that tired you'll you're going to come into your next match like with the aim of conserving energy um so just seeing him he was kind of lying on the ground for a while and i was like okay he's he's probably not going to come at me really hard he's going to be uh more more patient mm-hmm. um but that that's kind of gives you a bit of confidence when you're going against someone really big that they're not going to come and 
uh, directly out the the bat and try and just you know go power power against you. So yeah, um, so I, I had like not not confidence in that. Like you know, I I wasn't as I said, I wasn't going into those matches thinking yes, I'm going to win this. But I knew <laughs> I, I knew the I knew the avenue I had. Um, you know, potential to win was was with the leg locks and 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 the leg lock entries I'd been been working. So um, that's what I that's what I stuck to. You, you got to think, looking back on it, you got to think, man, uh, thank God I I jumped in the absolute, right? Like, if you didn't do oh, the yeah, absolute, yeah, I almost yeah. did it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, think uh, was, I think it was after after a beer and then uh, Mo talking to me that, that, that convinced me otherwise I wouldn't have done it. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So how did that work out? How did you end up getting into the, uh, to the absolute bracket? Uh, then how, walk us through that situation a little bit. Cause obviously that we had our division the day before and I, um, was obviously unhappy with my performance, um, in that. So I, we were just down at the bar having a, um, a beer. Drowning us. Yeah, having a beer, drowning our sorrows. And um, Mo was at the table across from us, and he, at some point he turned around and he's like, you're doing the absolute tomorrow? And I was like, oh, I don't know. It's, you know, he's like, why not? And I'm like, oh, I just don't want to fight someone like Bushesha who's going to like potentially break me. And he's like, oh, we won't give you Bushesha. <laughs> I, like, <laughs> like, I was like, oh, okay, all right. I'll, you know, he, he was, I was like, all right, I'll, I'll probably do it, you know. Um, and then they gave me Kane and which as soon as I saw that, I was like, yeah, thanks. Like that's, that's so <laughs> much better. <laughs> <laughs> but he did say, he's like, I didn't give you a yeah. <laughs> uh, Hey, uh, um, yeah. So pretty sure Lucas Lepre no. just walked past and said like, good luck, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, what are you doing? <laughs> hey, Ricardo, you, uh, yeah. you were starting to say something over there. What's, what's on your mind, brother? How you doing? Yeah. Hey, Lachlan, uh, Ricardo here. I was one of the commentators in your match with Kynan, and I, I will forever remember that match because I was like, yeah, Kynan doesn't seem to be in any trouble. Oh, shit, he just passed. <laughs> and I had no idea. And yeah, for yeah. me, like, watching, it was so nonchalant, like, what you were – like, your setup, that I, I, I couldn't see the danger from where I was. So my question to you is, is that, you know, obviously it was – you're fighting Kynan. He just beat Bouchesha. But when you were fighting him – when you were in those positions, did you kind of get the feeling like, you know, maybe he just, he's not familiar with what you were trying to do. Did you have that confidence when you're about to do it? Because I couldn't, like I said, I, we had no idea what was going on. We we're like, yeah, you know, Kynan's in no danger. Oh, and he gets submitted, you know? So you fooled us. I'll tell you yeah. that much. Do you want to watch it first? Let's, let's play it real quick. Caleb, if you could cue that up. Yeah. And, uh... yeah. The finish or the, this is the finish. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, so, so if we just can we pause or is it? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just tell the producer yeah. whenever you want to pause it. Just tell the producer yeah. stop it, play it back, whatever. Yeah, so if you pause here, uh, yeah, because uh, it's, it's, it's uh, let's go back a, a moment if we can. Yeah, here. So you see here, um, yeah, but this is where, um, I I feel like my styles of of leg locks that I'd been working. Um, it was a bit different to what was currently um, being practiced. So I, th I think Kanan probably didn't didn't expect it. Uh, I think, to be honest, most of my the people I fought hadn't expected the or been uh, whether or not you expect it. I think um, you need to. It's not about whether you expect something. It's you need to have trained with someone who's like kind of um, doing that style, so you get a feel for like what points 
it's dangerous and you need to be defending and what points you can um, you can keep pressuring forward and, and so on. So, um, so if you look here, Kanan's got his right shin jammed in. I've got his left leg trap, but his right shin is jammed behind my leg. So, um, I mean, this, it's definitely not ideal positioning for me, but I still have a chance to like work for the leg. And I, I assume because he's got his knees together and his right leg jammed in, he feels like any danger of a leg lock, he can just um, just free himself from use by kind of pushing with his with his right leg. Um, so, um, yeah, I'd say he he probably did not feel very threatened at all right now. Okay, and so, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to push that foot down into my like down to the towards the ground here. Um, and even here, he's still got his leg in. Um, I might have to go back a moment. Um, sorry. Yeah, those, they'll just keep they'll just anyway, keep playing it through. Yeah, he's, so he. Um, he, uh, as I push his foot to the ground, he's still got his other leg in, in front, kind of blocking me here. Yeah, so he's still got his right leg in, but once his foot's on the ground, I change my, my hand to his knee so he can no longer retract his, uh, you watch my right hand. Yeah. I hold his knee. He can't pull his leg out now. So I can lift my hips, yeah, elbow catch the heel, and then I connect. Once I connect my hands, I know I can start, like, uh, throwing my legs over to 50-50 to, to finish. So um, this is uh, – it's – like it's, it's not ideal positioning for me, if if that makes sense. Like, but but it's somewhere you can catch the the heel, um, especially if someone's defending well. So I mean, I actually think Kanan did a very good. I think out of everyone I fought in ADCC, Kanan actually did the best um, leg lock defense. I felt he almost took my back off my my first entry. He was trying to, I think, because he plays a he's a big guy, but he plays a little guy's mm. game. He was actually trying to like counter me in those sort of crab ride sort of battles and so on. Um, uh, so I th actually think he did quite a good job of defending. Um, it's just at that, at that moment, there was a, there was a slight gap to, to catch the heel. Hey Lachlan, Lachlan I, yeah. I had a question for you on that, on that sequence. This is a, this is Vince. I'm, I'm one of the probably 700 gi companies that hit you up for sponsorship right after you <laughs> every single heavyweight in the entire world. So it's a pleasure to have you on by the way. <laughs> Yeah, thank you very much. <laughs> no, but the, but the question, the question, the question, the question was, uh, it, I just saw right now, like going through the sequence. I noticed that you're playing a lot more open with your legs, so m other people are kind of like tangling and you know, or they're kind of triangling the leg. But it seems like you're playing a little bit more open to so so it yeah. feels like the person can get out a little bit, and then once you kind of get your hands synced, then you're then you're throwing the leg over. Is that like a part of your strategy and game and style, as opposed to like the traditional yeah. like fifty fifty tangle? Or, or closing up their legs. Yeah, I think so. so the I think the the standard has been to, um, you know, which which is very commonly taught, which is which is a good way to do it, but has been to get like what what I, what I call proximal control, like which means um, like attaching yourself essentially to their hips um, and locking in with your legs, and then try and kind of separate the legs and or whatever you need to do to to catch the heel. Um, which works quite well, but I mean, if you look at the shape of the of the foot, <laughs> like this, yeah, if you look at the shape of the foot, like if you can, if you can kind of clamp in on that, that can stop them from being able to uh, retract their their leg, or or if you can like fold their knee over your uh, over your knee, for example, like this, and now Liv can't uh, escape, so that's one of the ones I used against Keenan Keenan there. Um, so by by catching the the end of the lever, I call that distal control. I'm using physio terms here, but like um, uh, 
uh, by catching the end of the um, the leg and having a good secure control over that, you can catch the heel. Uh, they cannot escape, and then you can shoot your legs in second. So I, I use both avenues, um, and both are effective. Uh, I think the 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 latter, the one that you're, you're describing, is something that was probably much less practiced because you feel less. Uh, you know, you feel like you've got less control until you develop the um, the sensitivity for that. I think. So, again, I didn't. I don't. I don't claim to have made anything up, really, in my legal system. Like, um, there's other people doing variants of this stuff that's that's quite similar to mine. I'd say my focus is probably a lot more on on that than perhaps other people. Do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, something I'd like. No, to... but I, I I think I think that I think that sequence. Go ahead. Right. Go ahead, Mike. All right, uh, all right, fine. Uh, no, so it just it just you, seems like the sequence is is super is super unique. Uh, yeah, exactly. Like he was just saying yeah. uh, that you thought that your style was a little bit different than the leg lock style people were preparing for going into ADCC, correct? Didn't you? Uh, yeah, yeah. Do you think like Generally, you, yeah. your entry there, spinning around the back uh, that you used, is a little yeah. bit different than how people were getting into the legs by going underneath from the inside control, right? Do you think that caught people a little bit off guard? Absolutely, yeah. So, um, I, my my entries came from once I realized that I thought fifty fifty, and I, and I still believe fifty fifty is the best. Fifty uh, fifty and some of the variants that I go through to me are the, at least from my perspective, are the best uh, leg attack in terms of heel hook position. Um, once I kind of had come to that conclusion, I started to look at how to get to fifty fifty, and I thought who who better to study than uh, the Meow Brothers uh, because they are just excellent at that. So much of their game is, is entering into 50-50. And one thing I noticed is they're getting there, but by using, by putting their feet on the outside, you know, so all, everyone else in the leg lock world seemed to be putting, you know, butterfly hooks or single leg X going like between the legs and then trying to separate them. But the Meows are going like put on the outside and using what, what we call K-guard to, to get into 50-50. Now, now the Meows don't use so many heel hooks, but, but they're using it to get into the leg entanglements. Um, so I, once I, once I saw that, I said, okay, well that seems to fit well into the, into the leg, um, entanglements I want. So I, I started playing with that a lot and it, um, it's weird cause I actually didn't try that strategy in my own, um, weight division. It, it had been working well for, I tried something slightly different in my own weight division, but, um, it had been working well for me in, um, in the gym. So I thought, why not? Um, you know, I, it's good to, I think, I think, um, you know, uh, there's a good message for people, but if you, whatever's working for you in the gym, make sure you, you take that to you should get confidence in, in that. You know, it's something I hadn't really been able to display too much in the competition scene, but yeah. So before we move on to another one, I wanted to ask you, uh, cause like you said, you had a tough draw. You had a 99 plus champion in your first round match. <laughs> What are you thinking? What were you yeah. thinking going out there? Are you thinking like, ah, I'm just going to let it go and, and whatever happens, happens? And, and what did you think after you got the heel hook? What went through your mind before and after the match with this one? Um, before, part of me was thinking, uh, all right, I want to try to get, you know, I knew I had to try and get to the legs to, to get the heel hook. And the other part was thinking, don't get injured. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I think like, uh you've got to play like a somewhat of a balled up game. You know, if you get someone bigger like that, you always got to have your limbs in a, in a position where if someone just suddenly sprawls or something that it's not going to 
break your your leg. Um, I think like you know, I've been training jiu jitsu seventeen years, so I probably know enough uh, on how to like position my body that if someone kind of does some uh, unexpected movement, I should be should be okay. But it's still um, you know like when you're going against someone like that, they can put you in positions where you, where you that you're not expecting to. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but I mean, I was, I was basically just thinking, okay, I'm not, I'm, I'm almost certainly not going to be taking, taking Keenan down and, and passing his guard and taking his back and, and choking him. My, my, my strategy is going to be get to the legs and, and get the finish. Let's I'll try that. And then when you get to heel, what are you thinking? Yeah, uh, well, I don't think I know what I was thinking. If you look at the photo, <laughs> I'm kind of <laughs> looking. I'm going, oh, I've got my hand up. <laughs> uh, my first thing was like, I think I'm. Because one of the reasons why I did it is oh, Mo did say um, <laughs> that that I get more chance of getting an invite back to ADCC if I um, if I enter the open weight. So one of my first thoughts was, I think this might be. Enough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't <laughs> I have to I do might, the trials again. <laughs> I think I get my invite because the trials is, is always a, a stressful um, experience. So yeah, <laughs> and you have to fight your students. So mm-hmm. It's not the best thing. Ricardo, you got anything yes. to add about this? You got any questions? Yeah, you know, um, not trying to stray too far from the, you know, going to the next clip into the bracket, but I always wanted to know, like, you kind of touched on it. Um, you mentioned how your style is a bit different, especially like getting your leg to the outside. Would you say that, yeah. you know, that's because you also like teach, train, and compete in the gi as well? Because I mean, from my understanding, I see you do some gi stuff still, although you made yeah. your name huge in ADCC, right? But I mean, from what I understand, yeah. you still compete in the gi. Like, does that style come from that? And that's like it's like a two part question. And and I honestly don't understand like your background in the leg lock game. Can you can you go into that as well yeah. and kind of all in one answer there? Yeah. <laughs> um, I actually have a pretty a pretty well rounded guard. I mean, I, I say well rounded. Um, to be honest, they don't always link that well. But I, I could. I, I throughout my black belt career, so probably the last seven years, you could you could find clips from certain times, like where you know where half guard was was my uh, a game, um, and I still I still really like half guard. Um, I can play single X. Like if you watch, I had a match with Edwin Najmi maybe four or five years ago, where I was playing a lot of, of single leg X and. And using that as my main game, and that, and that probably like um, the fact that I was playing single leg X, I think opened me up to um, <clears throat> to uh, getting into leg entanglements pretty well. So once I started to learn the, the heel hook game, I kind of felt that was a pretty easy transition from from playing single X to, to going into to kind of um, the outside heel hook style game. Um, uh, I've I've played Baron, but I think when I first Got my black belt. I, I was yeah. I was a, a Barambolo guy actually. You were I also think. a spider guard guy for like. A I used to play while. spider guard. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've kind of like, and, and probably each of these, are, I've you know, I've had that as my main kind of strategy in, as a, as a black belt. Which I mean, I, it's probably it's probably to my detriment because I think you actually um, you're better mm. off um, just choosing one thing and sticking with it for a long time. I kind of find that boring, um, but. Uh, so I've got a pretty broad game yet. That said, this this um, this K guard is was relatively new to me. I probably within the last year um, since I started yeah. um, really focusing on on that meow style K guard entry. I I, uh, I took that, um, worked it a lot, and um, 
and that's so pretty much everything you see here. If you see in that in that match, like if you took if you went and watched me roll one year earlier, you wouldn't have seen. It was any a of those, pretty um, quick entries. transition. I think we were like you were watching the meows, and then the next day we tried it at training, and then we spent like six weeks working it. I think. Like it was, yeah, it happened, yeah, like yeah. it just I mean, fit into the game really quick. I think for the Euro trials, I changed my entire game, I think 10 days before the trials, and then I used it in the trials and it worked. Yeah, that was probably a bit too. Yeah, yeah, so. Luckily, you have to excuse, you have to excuse Ricardo. He, he, what he wants you to say is he wants you to say that uh, that the Gi has made your Gi game. And the rest of the test, uh, there's no gi game. Everybody should train in the gi to have amazing hills. Yeah. That's what he really wants yeah, to ask. Right. So I apologize. Um, no, well, I mean, I think if you look at the if you look at the gi strat, like the guard strategies that the top gi guys are playing, um, generally at the lighter weight divisions, it's like a lot of the guys are playing off their back. Um, and, and like pummeling and looking for like, uh, leg entanglements from their back. Like you generally, like it's like a Della Heaver and foot on the outside position game more so than a, a butterfly, uh, type game. Um, and I actually, I personally believe that is a stronger way to, to play, to prevent, um, guard passes. Um, so I think when you go foot, feet on the inside, you're, Obviously, like there might be more chance at getting into like some, a position like single X, but you also are like you're, you're giving away a layer of your guard. You're now letting the your opponent get past the line of your of your foot. So it's now like you're you're they're at kind of they they're going to look to clear your knee line or get underhooks, and you're in trouble. If your feet are on the outside and they get an underhook, it's not such a a big deal. So I think that that guard style, for example, that the the meows play is a harder style of guard to pass if you're um, if you're very adept at it compared to if you're very adept at a, at a butterfly um, seated guard style. Um, so I, I kind of always thought that. I don't know, it's, the copy's drooping on the on the mat. Sorry. <laughs> I, I kind of always thought that, but I, I, I saw this um, thing where when you play your feet on the outside, you, you risk the person on top, like going for a guard pass and then sitting back for a leg lock. Um, and so that's then kind of, you see a few people that used to play outside. And I, I mean, me too, you know, like I kind of stopped playing Della Heber in Nogi and, and I would start always putting my feet on the, on the inside to try and protect my, my legs at first. But one, I think once, once you get confident enough in how to defend leg locks, you don't really uh, get so concerned about someone trying to attack your legs from a foot on the outside position. And once you develop that confidence, you can continue to do what I think is the, the more, uh, I think overall it's a more effective strategy of, of guard to play, which is, which is on your back and, and pummeling. But that said, uh, th there is some requirements for that, which is a bit of, uh, if you don't have like a certain baseline level of flexibility, um, playing off your, off your back, you're, you're probably going to get past, um, easier. Uh, once you have like this baseline level of, of flexibility, you can, and, and good guard retention skills, I think it becomes harder to pass your guard. So obviously it's a body type thing. Some people who are more stiff and, and so on might, might be better off playing with, with feet on the inside. Um, but I think overall feet on the outside is a, is a better strategy for, for someone who's got the attributes to, to do it. And I think you see that, you know, how many, how many of the um, people below lightweight, you know, in the, in the IBGF comps will play on with their feet on the inside. 
compared to outside. It's, it's almost always always on the outside, like with Delaheber and um, and these K guard entries and so on. So, and I yeah. think uh, in terms of training gi and no gi, we usually train both. Especially me, not as much. But before ADCC, it was pretty much purely no gi. Um, I do think they still complement each other, but it's I think it's also getting harder and harder to be a specialist at both. Um, they're nearly becoming two different sports maybe, but I do, I actually find that doing more no-gi helps my gi quite a lot. Um, obviously not with grips, but with scrambles and coming up and actually like, you know, chasing the takedown or chasing a sweep um, and makes your passing a lot tighter as well. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, you, you, I mean, I don't know. It's, if you want to be an elite competitor and you're like, you can either be really extreme, extremely good like so good that you're able to do like so much better than everyone that you can win the world in both gi and no gi <laughs> um, but if you're if you're one of those competitors that's kind of sitting on the fringe of of getting a medal for example then i think you're better off specializing in one um to, to increase your chances at at, um, at, at getting it in, in one dis one of the the two as opposed to trying to do both what Ricardo touched on it um, earlier on the show, but I wanted to follow up because I'm curious too. Uh, when did you start finding a lot of success with leg locks, and, and how early did you embrace them in your in your game? Um, well, I mean, when I fir- literally when I first started, so 17 years ago, my, I was mostly watching you know, UFC and just trying to copy the moves that I saw on there. And, and this was in the days where there was no, at least in Australia, like no one even knew anything about the world level championship events it was just like you're doing jiu-jitsu um so like we, we did heel hooks and, and everything back then but it was hardly a it was hardly a systematic approach to, <laughs> to the leg locks but i was introduced to it then i guess um and then at some point i started getting um more into like you know the, the ibgf competitions probably at about late purple towards brown belt i started really following like what was going on internationally um, and at studying like the, the, the games that people were playing there. Um, so that took me away from, from any sort of leg locks. And then I think probably 10 years ago, I did the ADCC trials in, it was in Melbourne, Australia. Um, and so I had the ADCC trials then. And, um, obviously being heel hooks being allowed, I thought, okay, I better learn some heel hooks. I'm, I'm pretty sure Ryan Hall had his original 50, 50 DVD out then. So I, I bought that and, and studied and started playing some 50-50 then um, in the lead up to that. Um, I think I maybe got one or two heel hooks in that event. I ended up losing the final of the trials then to my to my current coach, actually. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry, not to current, to my, to my phone, to like the, the guy I was coaching me at the time. Um, and, um, and then... Um, well, it probably went off leg locks for a while, back to IBGF. I think there was like... And then, uh, two years later we didn't have the trials or something or like no one knew about the trials and it wasn't until six years ago or seven years ago actually I was cleaning up my phone on the plane and I found a video of Craig you and me before the like trial six years ago in Korea (laughs) we were just no no we were drilling like really bad heel hooks like kind of like (laughs) like three weeks before the trials I think Craig was a purple belt and it was like oh we should learn this stuff and it was like single leg X, a reap, like <laughs> it was, it was funny. I um, should find it. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but yeah, so probably, I mean, I, I won one or two matches in the 
the ACC trial six years ago with, with heel hooks. Um, so it's kind of just been a slowly evolving um, thing since yeah. since then, I guess. Um, I mean, I've had interest in it. And then obviously I think probably the, the point where I was like, oh, okay, there's like some – there's a – a system people, you know, up until then I was kind of like, oh yeah, you get single X and you, you kind of do an outside heel hook. And then I think, um, I think when I first heard about Eddie Cummings and, and Gary Tonnen doing really well with, with leg locks, I was like, oh yeah, but like, have they beaten any of the, the top guys yet? Uh, that, that was my first thought. Like, um, but then seeing um, that EBI, which I think might've been like number three or two that, um, um, Eddie Cummings won an EBI. Meow was in that event, but Meow lost in overtime to in some other match. But I was like, oh, okay, like this, you know, Eddie Eddie Cummings seems to have like a good system that he's that he's using from here. And that's when I started paying a lot more attention to like trying to um, build like a uh, a particular style of leg locks as opposed to more opportunistic. Uh, before we move on to the Gouja match, <laughs> something I think that. Uh ties in well with what you're talking about there because you're talking about learning heel hooks since you're a, a school owner and an instructor and everything and I, something I, I hear people uh debate a lot is i'd like to know your opinion on when you start teaching heel hooks to your students is it something you wait until they're experienced is it something that you like uh, do to anyone in the nogi class like when when do you start teaching them i teach we we, uh, we, we roll with them from blue belt and above um it's pretty much, it's now pretty much assumed if you're a blue belt or above in Nogi that we, we used to have it. So you had to, to kind of uh, check with your training partner beforehand that they're okay with doing heel hooks before you do it. But now, now it's pretty much assumed. Now it's probably the opposite. If someone's yeah. getting ready for IBJJF Worlds or Nogi Worlds or, or whatever comp, then we go, can we do no heel hooks, please? Yeah. Um, but um, so, but at White Belt, I will, in our fundamentals class, like we have a, a curriculum, um, that we follow it's probably like once a year in in that i will we'll have a week where we'll go over some of the some of the heel hooks that they can't use yet um but just so they learn how like what it feels like to do a heel hook and what it feels like to be heel hooked um and so on just so that when they get to blue belt they should be aware of of what it is my, my, my main issue is like i don't think many people in the gym we haven't had we've had very few of any injuries from heel hooks in the gym i see them all the time in competition like because People, you know, you're going to put it on fast, and, and the, your your opponent's going to try and wait to tap a bit longer. But in training, I've I've seen very few injuries from it. Um, so, um, what was I saying? <laughs> um, um, yeah, blue blue belt and above, we teach them in classes. In our pro classes, I think everyone just kind of learns off each other as well. Uh, so, it, the, yeah, all the pro guys are are doing a lot of their own study as well, and and we brainstorm and learn together rather than in a class setting, I would say with heel hooks more so. Yeah. It's actually, it's more like, um, you don't want, what we don't want is someone being heel hooked who doesn't know what a heel hook is. Yeah. Um, after that, if they know what it is and they get heel hooked and, and they don't tap, then at least that's their, it's kind of their own fault. Um, if they get, yeah. in, if they get injured, which is very rare, but, um, if they, um, Whereas if you literally don't know what it is, sometimes it doesn't like because it can. Sometimes it doesn't hurt until something actually goes, and, and that would be a, a pretty bad scenario. So. But yeah, just in general, we we definitely spend way more time uh, going through the like fundamentals of jiu-jitsu and you know takes a very long time to learn how to pass the guard or how to like we spend a lot of time at the moment uh, with guard retention, making sure everyone has really good guards and um, 
I used to actually think that heel hooks like, oh, you can learn it really quickly, you know, passing the guard will take 10, 10 years, but uh, there's the, the, the heel hook system is actually really intricate and, and there's a lot of details too. So it all, all takes time, mm. but we do spend more time just with normal fundamental jiu-jitsu, I think. Definitely. Lachlan, another thing I want to ask you, um, you've mentioned it several times, you know, you were watching the Meows, you were watching the UFC. Uh, how fundamental and important has learning from video been to your career and I also I also know that you do a lot of teaching online as well you have a really awesome YouTube channel and some other projects like that um, some DVDs you know uh, how much has just watching people remotely impacted your game and, and do you see that kind of being the future of the sport as, as a way to really um, you know improve everyone's game the overall level of jiu-jitsu as a whole yeah I think so I mean I think it's 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 hard um, it's hard for to to learn just from your well I think you're limited if, to be honest if you're just learning from your your coach because they're gonna have their particular game um, and it's hard to I mean even even in in class like I I'll usually try to cover a more broad range of of topics than more so than you know whereas it might be better for building someone in the class's game if we spent like six months doing like single leg X guard or something, but that would be boring as it, and it might not be that relevant for everyone else in the, in the class who doesn't play that game. So I think it is um, important to, I do believe that there's styles that suit your body type better. Uh, obviously everyone can do anything like, um, you know, even if you're a big overweight guy, you can do the beer and bolo. You're not going to, have as much success as if you were the same person with like flexible, uh, you know, uh, flexible, nimble sort of movement. But um, you still can do everything. But there's there's techniques and moves that are going to be impacted more or less based on your on your body type. Um, and being able to study and watch um, what people are, are doing internationally, you're much more likely to to figure out something that fits you better. And it's also like. I think people will learn by getting confidence in their in their move. Like if you're at a gym where if you're at a gym where everyone plays, let's I'm going to use single leg X for example. Like if everyone plays single leg X guard, it's going to be really hard to like pick up that guard and have success in the gym because everyone knows everyone's shutting it down pretty early and they know how to deal with it. Um, so it's going to be like obviously if you do spend the time, eventually you'll develop it. But it's actually can be like a I think for a lot of people it can be quite off-putting that everyone's shutting it down and making it really difficult because the defense to that guard is quite high, you know, quite a high level at the, at the gym that where everyone plays it. Whereas if you were at that same gym and, for example, you you chose to play half guard or the Berambolo, you might find like, hey, like people aren't used to to dealing with this. I'm finding like good success and good um, angles with this, and you can kind of start to work your game and, and get build confidence in it. Um, a lot quicker that way so I, I do encourage people at, at our gym to um, kind of pursue different people to pursue different types of guards but I do think you should first off get good at like try to get good at one don't try to get good at, at them all awesome I think, I think we, uh, we've got another clip here that we want to show from ADCC this is with Patrick Gaudio uh, of course your second incredible submission go ahead and talk us through this one as well for uh, Lachlan yeah so Gaudio actually had just received a um, a penalty for um, for passivity or a warning, sorry, not a penalty. Um, 
So that's oh, maybe a penalty. Does it look like he's got? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's got a negative. He's got a one on the board. Um, Caleb, Caleb, can you just keep looping so this in the back there? No, Sorry. Go on. Go on. Yeah, yeah. He, no, he does. Okay. All right. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> um, so he's he sat down for the for the footlock and uh, and, he, and tried to engage in the leg game, which I was obviously quite happy with. So I pulled his leg across into fifty fifty. He's turned, and I managed to dig the heel here and and roll through to to bridge into the to the finish. So. Yeah, so I went for that Delaheva. He's gone for the foot, and you see, I'm holding his right leg. That's the one I want to. I want to attract my left leg if I can. Yeah, there we are, and then pull his right leg across. I think he tried to escape the position there, but I've managed to attach to the to the leg and and draw it back in. So, yeah, that was obviously another. There's me confused as to what's going on again. <laughs> <laughs> <Ending up. laughs> Were you surprised yeah. that uh, Patrick sat back for a leg lock? Uh, it seemed a little, I was a little bit shocked that he would do that given that you just. Uh, yeah, I don't think he would have done that without that passivity call. Uh, um, yeah, that, that I, I don't think. Um, but yeah, so. He probably just wanted to end this match. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, something tired. that. Yeah. Something that really impressed me uh, well before the leg lock here was uh, it's not in the video, but there were some points where it looked like it was, he was getting pretty close to passing your guard. He was getting you in, in bad spots, but you were still able to recompose on him. How did it feel dealing with someone? I mean, obviously Patrick's a super strong guy and also, also very good. How did it feel playing guard against him? Did he feel like like what he looks like? Like how did, how did it feel matching up with him, tying up with him? To be honest, it's really hard. I, like everything from ADCC is a little bit of a blur, so it's hard for me to remember. Like at the moment, what I was, what I was thinking. Um, I know, like I'd had like one or two um, attempts to get to before this happened. Like I had one or two attempts to get to his legs, which which kind of hadn't quite worked. But uh, but I felt like I'd had a um, a little bit of a chance. I feel like, and, I, and I'm working this a lot at the moment. I'm trying to work guard retention into leg entanglements. You know, so like. I find if someone's very passive, it's very hard to, like if they're just kind of sitting back, it can be quite hard to get into the leg entanglement. So I'm trying to work off like baiting people in a bit more so where they feel like they've got an opportunity to pass and and I've got a chance to um, use their, their forward momentum to actually pull them into a leg entanglement. So that's not necessarily what I was doing in this match. That's something I'm working on a bit more lately. But um, yeah, I mean, there was one or two points where he, uh, where he sort of cleared my legs for a moment and I had to, to frame and invert to to recover. Um, I'm not sure if we bring them up. It, it, without looking at it, I probably can't remember. Sorry. <laughs> you were just, you're good at bowling up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can invert pretty well. And, and you know, there's some big guys at the gym, probably not, not the strength or size or skill level of, of these guys, but, um, yeah, yeah. practice. All right, uh, Caleb, you want to queue up our next one then, the uh, Muhammad Ali clip? So after that, you fought Gordon in the uh, semifinals, but then uh, you yeah. lost to Gordon. So you, you, what a draw for you. You fight Kynan, you fight Gaugio, and then you get Gordon. So, you know, three easy matches for you to start it up. And then uh, <laughs> yeah. and then, and then uh, hold on, pause this real quick, Caleb. I remember uh, talking to you before uh before this and then you didn't even know who you were going to fight for third place because i was sort of like in the trenches with you interviewing you after every match and you go you go oh, man who am i going to fight for third and i was like muhammad ali you're like oh shit you're like you gotta you gotta <laughs> <it."> so, <laughs> so then what are you thinking going out here for this ali match what do you uh at this point you i mean you're going for an adcc bronze medal in the absolute which is pretty crazy that's what i was like 
that's what I was like. I was like, wow, I, I'm actually fighting for, for a <laughs> yeah. bronze medal of ADCC. This is crazy. And I, I had the the crowd behind me by, by now too. <laughs> I think everyone was pretty excited. So, yeah, I don't know. It was a really surreal uh, feeling. But I was, I don't know, I, I was kind of nervous that I wouldn't, one, I didn't want to get injured, but two, I wanted to, you know, I was like, geez, if I just, just win this, I get a, a medal at ADCC. This is like my, that was like my lifelong dream. So, Yeah, um, absolutely. Even this is even yeah. better. Yeah, <laughs> like I'm Not sure your dream was probably getting a medal at 77 kilograms. You probably hadn't considered yeah, an absolute right. medal. But uh, yeah. Caleb, you want to cue up that uh, clip now? Here we go. This is a very gee type of guard. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, this um, that Delaheva um, entry into it. I got that after rolling. Um, I actually got that from a purple belt. I don't think he actually taught me it, uh, but he did it on me like a few times. Um, and then I was like, huh, that might be good for my, <laughs> that might be good for my, for my leg lock game. I, I was rolling in the gi with a, with a purple belt um, who actually is from Sydney. His name's Lucas uh, Kennard. Um, he, he's quite, he's a brown belt now. Uh, he's very good actually, but I was rolling with him and he, I was trying to pass under his legs. Like he was playing De La Hiva, and I'd try and pass under his legs. And every time I'd go under the leg, he would go to that, what I'm calling shallow K-guard. I don't know if he has a different name for it, but where you kind of underhook and drop your knee to the ground and foot to the outside of the knee. Um, and he did that a few times on me. And then I was like, at some point, I, I was like, geez, that might work well to get to, to 50-50 um, for, the, for the heel hooks. So. so there you go, Bear. You should do gi. It helps. Oh, <laughs> it helps no gi. Oh, definitely. Like... Um, <laughs> I think I think some things, um, if I can go off topic a bit, but some things that, like, I, I think if there was no gi, you wouldn't see the berambolo being involved in no gi. Like, uh, th- like you can berambolo no gi. Obviously, it's a lot harder. But in the gi, you can kind of climb. So it's almost like I'd see that as, like, tra- training in the gi. You've got almost, like, training wheels on to practice berambolo where you can you can take these grips along the way and you can use it in no gi but it's a lot harder but if you've never trained in the gi i think you're going to struggle to yeah. it's going to be hard much harder to pick up the, the berambolo without having it, uh, practiced it in the gi first i think um so there are some things like that and, and some things vice versa um as well like i think for escapes Locking. often it's I, easy i had a question for you yep a, a question. A question is like, um, like it's. It seems like in specifically nogi grappling that um, that in the past, like Japanese, Europeans, Americans, Aussies, now like have been have seen a lot of success with like the leg locks per se, um, and yeah. and you know you would think that you know the Brazilians have been killing the whole entire world with jujitsu and they're still killing everybody. What do you think it is between like different countries in general? seeing a lot of more success with the leg locks um, as opposed to like all the current um, current guys. Because if you look at the trend of all the ADCC champions over a period of time winning with leg locks, um, it's, you know, of course, it, of course there are uh, a lot of Brazilians as well that use them and they've seen a lot of success, but it just seems like there's a common trend of um, a common trend of different countries per se that are, that are utilizing leg locks as an edge because maybe they can't um, win in other areas because they don't have maybe the, the, the same technical skill ability that maybe other places have. Do you, do you see any correlation to that or any edges with, um, 
with leg locks and even just different countries playing it a lot more, it seems. Yeah, I definitely like, I mean, that was a huge factor for me was, um, especially like, um, less so now, but maybe like six years ago, looking at, you know, when I, when I first qualified for ADCC, for example, uh, which is for ADCC Brazil, like I was looking at, you know, I fought Durinho first round. Um, but looking at, a at going up against someone like that at, at my skill level at that point, it was, it made a lot of sense to try to find an area to work on that, that people tend to be weaker at, which is leg locks, you know, like I'm, if I'm going to beat Durinho, um, my chance of, of, uh, you know, sweep pass submit, um, in the standard format, it might be lower than, than getting to a leg entanglement and, and finishing from, from there. So that was definitely a, a factor. And obviously at the same time you work your, your whole game, um, too, but, I think that's probably why a lot of the international guys are focused on leg locks because it's a, it's a, it's a way in to, to kind of uh, try to level the playing field against someone who's maybe um, been uh, competing at a higher level with the, the traditional jiu-jitsu sort of format um, for, for a longer time or, yeah. That's, that's my thoughts. With countries? Well, I think, I think any country outside Brazil, yeah. that, that's kind of been a, yeah. a relatively intelligent um, strategy to use i mean yeah i think with leg locks you've probably seen more more high level guys you know lose to to leg locks against someone that would normally beat than than um, any other style of, of finish yeah. uh, a topic that's come up a lot this week oh sorry barry go ahead no i think uh there's just a general question and lachlan do you think um do you think leg locks if you were just rolling with any any place would you say that leg locks are, it's almost like an ultra, it's like an ultimate equalizer um, as far as like helping you with a heavier person, a stronger person, uh, a more athletic person. It gives you a more level playing field uh, versus a traditional um, grappler that just is kind of training three times a week with the gi in the gym. If you guys are just to roll no gi per se, or or even gi. Yeah, really. Yeah, I do think that. I think um, I think having a going for leg locks is um, once I'm in a leg entanglement, like obviously. Uh, if someone's strong, they still have, like they're still in be, being stronger rarely uh, works against you. <laughs> I can't think of a case that where being stronger wouldn't work against you, but um, I feel like someone's strength is not so much a factor in a, in a leg entanglement, um, yeah, as, as opposed to like, um, you know, yeah, like playing top bottom guard trying to pass into side control um, and, and take the back and, and finish. I feel like strength is a, a much bigger factor there. Not that it's, I mean, obviously you can, you, you see plenty of examples of a smaller, weaker opponent beating a, a bigger opponent with, with the traditional jiu-jitsu style. That, that happens all the time and it still obviously works. I do think leg entanglements are um, probably an, another... An equalizer. Another mm. equalizer. You don't get squashed as much. I think like for me because I am a small, a small female, uh, rolling with guys. I mean, like it, it, realistically speaking, you know, most guys that are blue and above will probably roll, what, I don't know, 40%, probably 10 for you. Um, but when we get to 50-50 or leg entanglement, it, you have to obviously reduce the strength of your grips a little bit. But I feel like if I get the heel, I get the heel. And it, it's not like an armbar. You can just kind of bench press me or curl me um it will work so it is like way more fun to like with the bigger guys to actually play this game because i feel like they can get something out of it and i can as well without just being completely squashed probably a good example is right now we're in isolation and one of the main things 
Liv and I are training together is like leg entanglements because that's where I, we probably feel we get the, bo- the most out of that. When I, when I go on top and try to pass, I can kind of be heavy and squash. <laughs> such a jerk. <laughs> I still haven't lost a round yet, by the way. That's, uh, no. <laughs> um, it's true. Nah, um, yeah, and, and even on on bottom, like if I, you know, if I really don't like the position, I can often just like, you know, push and make space, you know, like, um, whereas in, in the leg entanglements, I feel like it's, um, cause your legs almost like, let's say 50, 50, for example, like you're obviously your legs are entangled, so they can't do too much to, um, to like push and make distance. And your, your arms are kind of far away. Like you kind of like reaching like this, as opposed to like, you know, being chest to chest where, where you can uh, really use your, your arms properly. So yeah, it's, um, that, that's what we've been training a lot. So, yeah. A topic yeah, that's come up a lot. lot this, uh, go ahead, Ricardo. Uncle Ricky's jumping at the bit of, over there. Yeah, no, no. I was just going to, before I forget, uh, it's not really a question. It's uh, It was a pretty funny moment at ADCC. I don't know if you caught this, but you talk about the equalizer and how you, you know, you, you beat two big guys. And I don't know if you caught this or not, but, you know, I was commentating and uh, Gaudio was on the side of me icing his knee. You know what I mean? He had a big ice pack, and then Ali comes off, and he's like, oh, my knee's fucked. And they both looked at each other, and they're like, shit. <laughs> so, it was just a really, really funny thing to see. Like, you know, they both kind of looked at each other. Man, same thing, same guy. Um, yeah, and, you know, like, you, you really you really shocked the world there, and I think, like, you kind of became, like, you know, like a, a top free, a top agent. I don't want to say free agent, but you became, like, a top prospect for a lot of pro events. So, like, how how I'm I'm I imagine after that you must have been getting buzzes from everywhere to compete and then you sort of took a break. What's gonna yeah. be your plan if the whole coronavirus if if Thanos decides to snap us back here and we go back to the real world? Um, you know w- what's your plan for the, the remainder of the year? Yeah, I was hoping to get into um, some competition, some some part of the second half of this year. I think um, my uh, I, I have some things that I want to, first of all, like uh, the, the lead up to ADCC and like the training camp and everything, I, I just felt like it was very full on and I wanted a break from competing. It's been really nice just um, being able to work on parts of my game that I, I kind of just put to the side in the lead up to ADCC because I, I thought, you know, I, I know exactly my strategy. So I, I was kind of just training my strategy in the lead up to ADCC um, and then to, to finish and be able to work some different things. So uh, I've been working my a lot on my guard retention. I want to kind of come in with um, a bit of different, um, so, something a bit different and uh, and an improved version of myself, I guess, when I, when I get back to competition, there's going to be more expectation on me now than, <laughs> than before. Um, yeah, so I've been working that. Um, and obviously I'm just, you know, trying to make the most of the, the situation and doing a whole bunch of seminars and, and so on as well. So it's, it's been hard to get the, the training. training that is required to, to prepare myself for, for some of the super fights to be honest like um yeah my, my my goals are set on adcc 21 2021 um and any super fights in that to me is just like a kind of practice in the in the lead up to to that I, i'm you know I, i'd rather lose a thousand super fights and win win an adcc than than the other way around so I, that, to me they're not like huge priority and often often you have to travel uh yeah it's like i would only probably do it if i could if i had like a good seminar tour um scheduled around it as well or something like traveling all the way to to the us or or europe just for for a super fight is a 
it's uh, I hate traveling actually. So <laughs> despite how much of it I've been doing, um, like I hate the I hate the act of traveling when I'm when I'm in a place. I quite like it, but but the actual airports yes. and, and flights and and all that is is, is not so enjoyable. So, um, but yeah, so I don't know. There's, there's a bunch of people in my division from ADCC um, that I'd like to um, like to have matches with. Um, although, so whether that's um, hopefully this corona clears up and we can do that second half of the year or uh, or even um, whether i meet them in adcc i'm not sure but yeah. yeah likely i want to pivot a little bit here um it's been it's been discussed a little bit since adcc but i don't know how widely known it is but you actually have a doctor in in physical therapy or physiotherapy is that correct um i don't know if i'm butchering yeah. what yeah. that is and you you're a specialist in the areas of knee recovery and reconstruction is that also correct yeah like a certain type of knee pain i did i did my uh, thesis on um rehabilitation of uh, patellofemoral pain which is like uh, kneecap related issues but yeah uh, how how well I mean uh, you're very well informed on the anatomy of the knee. How much does that help you when you're trying to break down moves? I mean, uh, do you look at it at that level? Uh, do, does that fit into the way you think about jujitsu, or not really? They're two separate things for you. Yeah, it's, it's actually kind of hard to tell, to be honest. Like, because probably I mean, I've graduated maybe eleven years ago or something from my from undergraduate, and then uh, so I've been working as a physio for a long time, and then I obviously finished my my PhD maybe three years ago or so. Um, like that. Uh, so it's kind of hard to to like think of how I thought about jujitsu before being a physio. Uh, I definitely like I I think when I'm applying the the pressure for a heel hook, like I know what ligament I'm trying to um attack like where i want to be putting the pressure i don't i think you can work that out without without being a physical you know like people are, <laughs> are doing a pretty good job of, of uh, working out how to break people's limbs without knowing anything about uh, anatomy and physiology so i say jujitsu has done a fantastic job itself of just um finding the, the the weak points in our in our body in terms of leverage and so on um so it hasn't helped heaps with that but i suppose like just um, understanding the the exact direction to to try to uh, force things might help a, a little bit. I think that, and also like motor learning and and learning principles, and um, bit of I mean we cover a bit of that at uni as well, and maybe just communication when you're teaching and having a more like sort of scientific approach where you explain why you're doing things. I think that's the physio degree maybe helped the most with that. Yeah, I think actually probably one of the biggest things is um, it's somehow translated across, but like we, we, there's a huge focus on evidence-based practice in physio. So as, as you, I don't know if you've ever seen a physiotherapist or um, any physical sort of therapist, I mean, physical therapist or, you know, but mm -hmm. like sometimes you can see 10 different people and they'll give you 10 different opinions. So, um, which is obviously not good. There's probably a, a correct approach. <laughs> and, um, and so it's really important to look to, you know, and anyone can get their own ideas uh, about what the right thing is, but it's really important to look at the available evidence, um, you know, in terms of what, what scientific studies and papers have, uh, have been done on, on the topic and, and what does that say about the treatments that you're proposing for this person or, or the assessment that you're, that you're doing and so on. Um, and I think applying that same mentality into to jujitsu would, would be like, you know, uh, for example, looking at, 
the techniques people want to pursue and then analyzing like, well, how, how common is this and how effective this is this at the elite level? Like, you know, a classic one is if, if, if generally someone says, Oh, can I, you know, should I do this technique? And I'm like, okay, well, you know, where, where'd you see it? Who have you seen um, use that technique? Um, and if it's, if it's something that you've never seen anyone internationally do, um, then I'd probably quite strongly recommend against it. Um, Whereas if it's something, I guess the more common you see it, like let's say a knee through pass or knee cut pass, however you, you want to um, define it, um, you know, you see so much of that in, in a high level, then it's it, that makes me say that's something you should work a lot um, because it consistently works at the at the highest level. Yeah, that was like uh, when I did my analysis of the points, I think that was by far the number one pass at ADCC. It was a, a knee slide, knee cut, whatever you want to call it. But uh, yeah. Uh, just a sort of a goofy question for you here. Uh, after you went out and leg locked, uh, you've talked a lot about seminars uh, throughout this. You've, you've been doing seminar tours. After you went out and you leg locked three of the best uh, heavyweights in the world, how how much more packed did those seminars get after? That? <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, a lot more packed. <laughs> um, yeah, it was, it's been crazy, especially in the in the US. It was we had uh, I think there was 117 people in um, in, Austin. in Austin actually. Where yeah, where, wow. when you guys were there, so that was That's my biggest awesome, so yeah. far. 117. Um, hey, hey, there's a there's a lot of people getting beat up in the U.S. We need we need help. We need help with leg locks. You know, like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, yeah. So it was. Um, yeah, it's been it's been overwhelming, which which is really good. Yeah. And then you had a, a a stroke of luck. I remember uh, when I interviewed you after you finished the absolute. You were like, "Oh, by the way, I have a, a heel hook instructional is coming out next week." So I'm sure that thing did all right as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's done, it's done pretty well um yeah so that, that was funny i think what's, what's hilarious is um i think because i had that i'd film i'd finish filming my leg lock instructional um and uh and it was i knew it was, like i'd already sent it well i was it was almost ready to send through uh, i was just doing some editing uh, you know finishing off some editing and then um and then we, you you interviewed me and i i was like this is after i'd beaten kane and i was like all right, this might be my only chance to give it a good, uh, a good shout out. You know, like, yeah. I've done a leg lock instructor. And, like, and then I, so I went out and fought and then I beat Gaudio. And then I'm like, and then we, you interviewed me again. I'm like, Oh, what if this is the interview that they put up instead of the other one? <laughs> I said it again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah we, 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 thought, we're, we're both on the same page. We did the same interview three times. Cause both of us, I think thought yeah. that might have been every, every single time. And we just basically redid it after, time, like, after every guy. <laughs> Yeah, and each time I was like, "Oh, this is probably the one they'll put up. I better put the the leg lock." <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, Lachlan, I had a, I had a, I had a question for you. Just uh, training in general, like you, when you run a gym and you teach and you have students as well, but you've also traveled around the world to get some of the best training, probably like other people. But now it seems like Australia has like a little hub between like you smashing everybody this year in absolute, and then Craig Jones shocking the world, you know, in in past years. Do you think it's like, is Australia kind of becoming like a little hub there where there's a good group of guys? It's kind of becoming like a little mini Cicero Costa type project school where there's like a good group. And what, what's next for the Aussies? First, it was like Elvis and Parash. Now it's you and Craig Jones. What, what's in the water over there? What's happening? Uh, who's coming through next? I mean, we've already got Levi as well, who's, um, who's, who's killing That's it. True. Um, <laughs> 
it's actually sad. He, he, you know, uh, he, he's in Sydney when he's in uh, Australia, so we haven't actually really been able to train together much. Which we're like pretty much the same weight and everything. So um, uh, yeah, um, I'll have to I'll have to try and get up and get some roles with him, or, or vice versa. But um, yeah, um, look, we've got a bunch of uh, a bunch of what we would say full timers here in um, in Melbourne, um, and some people that have moved from across Australia to to come and train with us. So. Um, uh, if I start saying names, I'll probably forget people, which will be a problem. But, um, you know, there's guys like, you know, Jeremy Skinner, who's, who's been competing uh, on some of the big shows. The guy, Ariel Tabak. I've been working a lot of my guard retention with, with Ari. Um, and Ari, he's a black belt. Um, he's actually representing Cicero Costa at the moment. He's, um, he's fantastic. Really, really good. Excellent guard. Um, I think he's someone to, to, to pay attention to. We've got guys like, We've got Mikhail, we've got Ben Hodgkinson, we've got Hope. Oh, Hope, Hope's been <laughs> Hope's been. Um, she won a few Grand Grand Slams. So. Yeah, she won the Tokyo Grand Slam, and she's probably one of my training main training partners, and she's an absolute beast as well. So her guard retention, mm-hmm. and she's someone to watch. Uh, black belt. Sarah and Chi doing well. Brooke, yeah, yeah. We've yeah, got a few younger people coming up as well. So blue belts that are yeah, yeah. blue purple belts that are giving me a really tough time, which is which is awesome. That's what we always want it you know like and even with i'm gonna abduct this a little bit but we we do have you know 20 25 girls on the mat most nights as well uh sometimes there's less and they're, they're just absolutely killing it as well oh. at, at every belt level as well so it's it's really cool they're teaching as well we're all you know like in leadership roles and and teaching classes not just women's classes so yeah it's it's, you, it's really great you know what Australia i think it's has- yeah Sorry. Australia also has one of the uh, uh, top up-and-coming internet trolls in in the game for runes <laughs> out there. We've also got another. We've got another troll, Luke, Luke Beston, as well. So um, uh, we've got two two of the best internet trolls. <laughs> hey, well, I wanted to ask you guys: um, how, how popular is jiu-jitsu in, in in Australia? I mean, I know it's a huge freaking country, but would you say it's gaining momentum? You know, it's pretty ubiquitous here oh, in the yeah. United States. It's everywhere. It's the same out there. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's still, huge. I think, like, I feel like when, when the US people, like, if you go, oh, I do jiu-jitsu, people know what it is. Like, just most people will know on the street. I don't know that it's quite like that in Australia just yet, but people who know, like, who at least watch the UFC or know martial arts definitely know. And most schools are packed now, which is which is amazing. I think ever since maybe we uh, lifted the ban of cages being legal, especially in Victoria in our state, um, and like UFC became popular, uh, or, sorry, more people were watching live. Then uh, the the school started filling up a little bit more as well. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely getting more. Yeah. Popular. I mean, like we're, I think we've got bigger schools than bigger like attendances yeah. than most of the. Um, you know, like at each night at our, you know, each night we have three classes, each with around sixty to seventy people on each class. Um, so it's. Pretty yeah. busy. Well, yeah. we don't right now because we're shut. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, um, Lachlan, yeah. I, I had a question for you. Um, you know, you kind of got ahead of the curve when the leg lock game came out. You know, it obviously became a, like a big trend in the last few years. What do you kind of see as being the next big trend in nogi jiu-jitsu or nogi grappling? And like, you know, are you planning to get ahead of that as well? Or what do you what do you kind of foresee being like the next trend? Like, you know. What's your take on that? Yeah, um, the answer is if oh. I knew, 
I would be a world champion. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good um, answer. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think like, uh, I have some, I, I mean, I, I think, um, the, I, I see a lot more of the K guard that I'm, that I'm playing being used and, and, and people playing a bit more outside foot positioning. Um, that's, that's what I personally, um, see happening from, from guard a bit more. Um, uh, there's some other, you know, I think different people will develop different games. There's a chance that like, um, you know, I, I know like from what I hear, it's definitely not what, what I'm focused on at the moment. I focused a lot on wrestling, but I know like a, a lot of the guys, for example, in um, New York are working, like trying to come up and wrestle from, from guard, uh, which actually used to be more my, my style is to like sit forward and really come in for the single leg and, and so on. Um, which is a, to me is a, is a, obviously it's a good offensive, um, uh, way to, to play, but the, the, there's, there's higher risks of, um, of counterattacks like guillotines and so on as well. So, but obviously, um, you can, you can try to work strategies around that. Um, uh, I think in like an ADCC, for example, which is the, I suppose the pinnacle of, of Nogi, I, I suspect just people being better at wrestling and scrambles and back takes is going to be the main thing. And then, uh, you know, I imagine there's probably going to be more people playing 50, 50 and so on from, for, for leg entanglements. Um, but it's going to be more of the same. I, th- I think the wrestling aspect is going to be continue to be the def- one of the defining factors in who wins in ADCC, and people are going to going to try and get better at that if they if they cool. want to win. Okay, and um, I got one more question. My final one, I promise. But um, I'm I'm actually calling from uh, Ontario, Canada, and uh, so here in the province of Ontario, heel hooks are illegal in competitions here. Weak. They are banned Weak ass because the, the explanation that we get told is that the insurance people that uh, insure competitions here know the difference between the leg locks be dangerous. I, I don't, it doesn't make any sense to me. It's all bullshit. But anyways, <laughs> if for real, they are banned here. So what is your Bro. advice to, what is your advice to like guys that want to practice Nogi um, and they don't have the avenue to compete in events that have heel hooks, but they want to get proficient. Don't train in Canada. Don't train in Canada. Like, <laughs> well, listen, Australia. <laughs> listen, listen. Not not everyone has, you know, the five star show your role sponsorship like you know like I do. But you know, so some people have to stay here. They have to stay here. So seriously though, what kind of advice would you give guys that want to get proficient but they just can't compete with those rule set? Heel hook white belts. I think uh, would be my answer. Yeah. Good question. Can they train with it? Can they train with it or? Like yeah, you, they can. You can train with. Yeah, I mean, I'd yeah. say just travel to do the comps. You know, um, yeah, tra- travel. Get, how far is it to get down to another province? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> 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 yeah, uh, that, that's all I'd say. Because otherwise, or, or move. You know, but uh, I'd say yeah. I don't think you have to compete. I don't think you have to compete every weekend to to improve. You know, like even if it's a couple of times a year, if you can if you can make a trip out to. Um, to get to a comp where you get to practice it. But, I mean, most of your learning's done in the gym, or pretty much all of your learning's done in the gym. The comp's just a um, – competing's just a way to kind of, you know, Testing. test yeah. what, you know, under pressure test what you what you know and um, kind of see how, how confident you are in what you know in, in a live setting, Cause especially something like leg locks. I know a lot of people might be using them in a gym and then when they get into a comp where they're actually – now facing a situation where their opponent's going to try and rip their leg off, they might start behaving quite differently. Um, 
So, so it, I think it's important to, to try it out in competition, but I don't think it has to be extremely regularly. Lachlan, just tell them to buy the Lachlan Giles DVD, go to your website. That's how the, that's how the people in Canada are going to learn leg locks. That's the best, that's the best way. That's, sorry. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's, a, that's amazing that they, the, the government actually stepped in and said no heel hook. This is, I can't uh, even know what jujitsu tournaments are. But, uh, wow. Well, the government, yeah. what happened was the government put uh, an organization in charge of running tournaments here. I, I wouldn't say the government put them. These guys stepped up to work with the government. And the people that are in charge of the organization, they, you know, they're like, oh, no, no, heel hooks are too dangerous. And, and they claim that the insurance people know the difference and all this. It's just a bunch of bullshit. But we just can't do it here. No tournaments can have heel hooks. It blows my mind. All right. I think we should uh, get ready to wrap it here. Uh, Lachlan, thank you very much for calling in. Uh, and Livia. Yeah. Uh, Lachlan and Livia. Yeah, sorry. Uh, you know, happy Friday night to everybody out there listening. Happy uh, good morning to you guys in Australia. It's actually Saturday morning there, correct? It's Friday night here. Yeah. But, yeah, but, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, Ricardo, thanks for uh, yeah, calling thanks in from, from Canada. Bear, you too. Uh, Lachlan, you got anything? To, Lachlan and Olivia, you guys got anything oh, yeah. to say to your fans yeah. on the way out? Oh, bye, yeah. Lachlan. <laughs> He's like, I'll see you guys later. <laughs> oh, um, check this, this out. By the way. In the, oh, in nice. The, got the Flow Grappling the, Award. Very cool. Yeah, I got my Flow Grappling Award in the mail. So Thanks, everyone, for thanks. voting. That's yes. uh, it's pretty surreal. Thanks, everyone, for voting. Thanks to my my fans thanks for having me on um yeah we'll awesome. we'll keep you guys entertained with our uh, amazing quarantine life in the next few weeks no doubt yeah how many we'll, more days if you want to follow us on uh 10 i don't know 10 eight, more days but probably by the time we come out the whole country will be in lockdown so yeah maybe months. Uh, Nobody sorry, knows. sorry i cut you uh, off lachlan what were you saying about where they can follow you uh, so i've got a youtube well obviously i've got uh Facebook and Instagram, um, and I've got a YouTube channel as well, um, Absolute MMA St. Kilda. If you want to uh, follow that, we're putting out, trying to put out like something each day, some sort of content, you know, some of the home training we're, we're doing and, and so on as well. Uh, so if you can follow that, obviously I've got a bunch of, um, if, you, if you're stuck at home and, and, and want to work on your leg locks, then we've got a bunch of uh, instructionals, or not just leg locks, a um, bunch of different parts of your jiu-jitsu. All right, guys. Well, thank you very yeah, much sure. for calling in and uh, stay safe out there. That goes for you guys watching at home as well. And we'll be back next week with another stacked calendar of shows. Every day of the week is filled. We'll keep you posted on Instagram, Facebook, and everywhere else. Thanks, guys. Have a good rest of your weekend, and we'll see you on the next show of Who's Number One. <laughs> Thanks Cheers, so <guys>. much. <laughs>